and welcome to another episode of the Sensational Kids Show. In today's episode, I am continuing my um, series of talks with Archie, and we are going to talk about rejection-sensitive dysphoria, um, commonly known just as RSD. And yeah, we will start with that. Hello, Archie, and welcome. How are you today? Hi, Anissa. I am exhausted, but pretty good, thanks. How are you doing? <laughs> I am, I'm a little bit, I think, over alert. Over oh, alert. okay. I'm feeling a little bit like, woohoo. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's because I've just had the most the cutest little baby that I was seeing. He's one and he's just this little bundle of, and that always makes me get really, really excited. Um, so if we start with, I think I'm just going to read a, a definition of RSD. So okay. rejection sensitive dysphoria is. It's really an extreme emotional sensitivity or pain, which is triggered by the perception. So it's the perception that a person has been rejected or criticized by important people in their life. It may also be triggered by a sense of falling short, so failing to meet their own high standards or others' expectations. Um, dysphoria is Greek for difficult to bear. And okay. this little um, definition goes on to say that it's not that people with ADHD are wimps or weak. It's that the emotional response hurts them much more than it does people without the condition, right? So mm. no one likes to be rejected or criticized or fail. Um, but what they're saying is that for people with RSD, these universal life experiences are much more severe than for neurotypical individuals. And it can become quite unbearable, can be restricting and highly impairing. Um, so that was taken from one of my favorite websites. I don't know if you know it, um, Archie. Mm. Attitude mag oh yeah the magazine yeah i just love that that's um, amazing so yeah i mean how do you think you so i guess one question we need to discuss is whether rsd is specific to adhd i have heard that it is i do know that there are people who um have often asked well i'm autistic and i feel a lot of rejection sensitivity yeah and i think there can be some overlap especially when it comes to trauma because yeah, they, it can present very similarly to trauma and abandonment and feelings of like not belonging. Yeah, um, and also sometimes people um, are undiagnosed ADHD, like both of them, yeah. and Absolutely. they don't know it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is um, that's a good point. So, um, in general, though, we would say probably, ah, oh, it's ADHD, right? Yeah, it's more of an ADHD thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and have you? Have you experienced RSD? I mean, oh, I dude, can... all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to say I can start, but uh, yeah. Well, um, why don't you go ahead? Actually, yeah, I'm curious. No, well, no, it's just I think it's just the intense for me. In fact, I was talking about it this morning to my um, my stress counselor. Is that what I call her? Anxi stress and anxiety counselor, and just saying it's this feeling of never doing <clears throat> enough, of never being enough and wanting to just really, really please people mm. and fix their problems. But it's also what I get is 
any criticism and I just fall to pieces. I'm just like, oh my God, you hate me. You think I'm awful. And actually it's that, I think it's that key point that it's the perception, right? Um, and, and people describing you as being overly sensitive. Yeah. Do you get that? Wouldn't um, it be wild though, if in real life, like people actually did think the thoughts we thought they did when it comes to RSD, no one would, would like anyone. Exactly. Like, the thoughts are so wild with dislike. It just, it's so unrealistic. It's almost like satire, but yeah, it yeah. feels so strong. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've, I can remember I did, um, something happened with, um, with a client is also a really good friend. And I just jumped to the worst conclusions, which ended up with me having to leave the country because my license was revoked and the UK decided that they no longer wanted me to have a British passport. I was like, how far fetched can you, you know? It's like, but I think that goes in with that imagination that, you know, individuals who have ADHD do have this wild imagination, right? Yeah. And they just jump. They just go to places and you're like, wow, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, How did we get here? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, um, I don't know about you, but I feel a lot of kind of shame and embarrassment when I'm given feedback, like negative feedback. I feel like I will feel embarrassed for like for ages and just not let it go. Mm. Um, mm. It's that intense kind of. I've made a mistake and it's going to stay with me absolutely forever. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's, I think we should say that actually RSD is not an official diagnosis as in it's not no, it's DSM-5. Not. Mm. And I think that adds to certainly my worry that I'm not, I'm making it up. Yeah, I no. think a big part of RSD is this feeling that you're doing something wrong all the time, uh, yeah. which is ironic because then it makes you feel like you're not good enough for imposter syndrome, Yeah, which is just wonderful. Um, so you always kind of feel like on the back foot, never quite certain where you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just just um, struggling to cope just with just doing everyday things where you think it's going to affect someone else. Um, mm, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's, you know, certainly for a lot of, of, from my experience as a child, a lot of kind of teasing slash bullying just mm. exacerbates things. And I think that's probably something a lot of, of neurodivergent kids and individuals get i don't know what you think yeah i'd say that um it can lead to you not wanting to push back and it can lead to a lot of conflict aversion yeah um and that can be a real issue when there is a reasonable call for conflict like you're disagreeing with somebody and you should you know assert what you think is reasonable if you are suffering from rsd you're not going to do that you might i mean for me when I'm in a conversation with somebody, my main prerogative is how do I agree with this person? And that's so annoying because obviously yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm never going to agree with everybody. That just is not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I guess that's what makes it comfortable or makes me certainly more comfortable when I found some people who, if I disagree with them, they are absolutely, it's like, oh, okay, you know, we can discuss it, but we're still friends and I know that they still like me mm-hmm. and they still want to hang out with me. But I think until you make those those kind of relationships, it can be really, really hard, right? Um, yeah. And, yeah, so I think, and so today actually in my, um, my little counselling session, we were talking about just my need to please and, and the amount of stress that I'm under in general, but the amount of stress I put myself under. And, mm. you know, we talk about the, the stress mechanisms of fight, flight, and fright. Yes. So there's also fawn. Do you know that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Is a, which vagal is a, theory, isn't it? Polyvagal theory. Yeah, so it's, it's people-pleasing. Um, can be a fawn trauma coping mechanism. Mm. So it's, it's wanting to just fix things and fix people and solve problems as a way of your own kind of coping mechanisms um, for dealing with that perceived sense of rejection or that perceived rejection and failure. Um, yeah. And I think you're right that it, it, you know, that whole trauma is, is linked with it. Right. Um, Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's not that RSD exists only when you are traumatized, but yeah. it, if it can be exacerbated a lot, a yeah. lot, a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it I, can lead to a lot of self-esteem issues. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, with that exacerbation is that emotional regulation, right? Yeah. Having that difficulty of, of regulating your emotions because it does, I think, people who have ADHD do tend to kind of feel these emotions much stronger um, and you then become, it's almost like a hyper-focus, right? You become like consumed. It is, yeah. Consumed by the fact that someone didn't reply to your message within the usual three minutes that they always do. So it's like, oh, my mm. God. Oh, when it comes to me and messaging, I always worry that I'm checking too often and they're going to think I'm, like, desperate. That's, oh, no. that's my default one. It's just, it's, it, they're always like yeah. logically totally unsound, yeah. but emotionally yeah. they feel so strong. Yeah. But I've, and so for that reason, I've actually turned off the blue ticks, you know, on, on WhatsApp. You can do that? You can turn off the blue ticks. So oh, I dude, never know. Smart. Yeah. So I never know if someone's read my message and they don't know if I've read theirs. Unless it's a group chat, then you can see who, who's read it. But in okay. general, you can turn it off. And so I'm, I'll know. So I can now say to myself, oh, yes, Archie was on this morning. But I don't know whether he's read my message or not. And that's fine. You know? Hmm. Um, yeah. And that's, that's a big one. I'll tell you how to do that. <laughs> um, yeah. You, you can't see other people's, like whether they're read or not. And to me, that's, that's fine. I'm, I've, I've made peace with that because hmm. that just makes me more anxious. Oh, they've seen it. They've read it. They were on. Why didn't they reply? And then, yeah. so, um, yeah, I think that, you know, comes with that, that impulsivity with ADHD that we immediately jump to a conclusion. Yeah. And almost always the worst one. Yeah. Generally always. Yeah. The worst one. Um, and so I was just, um, reading up and it says that there's a feature of RSD which is called justice sensitivity 
Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's as we are more attuned to rejection and criticism, we're also more attuned to injustice towards victims. Mm. So, you know, that sense of, yeah, you know, I can't believe someone's done that or, um, and I think that can be quite distressing, but I also think it's what makes people like yourself as a mentor mm. so good at advocating. Yeah, and I do know that um, a lot of, I, know, I do know a lot of autistic people who are really like infuriated by social injustice or yeah. uh, general issues that they see. Like my mum, for instance, is heavily RSD. And whenever yeah. she looks at the news, she just gets really angry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she wants yeah. she wants things to be better. And yeah, I th- yeah. And I would not be surprised at all um, if her RSD like exacerbated that. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I don't watch the news, right? Because it's just yeah. like I can't solve absolutely everything. So it's just um, exhausting. Yeah, yeah, it's exhausting, and I think that's you know something that comes with. I think that's something that should be we should actually talk about is how exhausting it is to manage ourselves, our, our emotions and our reactions, but also to then manage relationships, you know, and manage mm. people's, because we think we need to manage our own reactions and manage relationships. And so you're saying, I want to make sure that I'm going to agree with these people. So you're constantly thinking, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, am I going to say anything wrong? And that's exhausting. Yeah. And it also means that you don't advocate for yourself at all. And it's gone to the point for me where I actually don't know what I should do or how I feel because I'm so used to like the other person being uh, more important in my head. Yeah. And that, that can be a real issue for boundaries because then you'd have no idea what they should look like. Exactly. Um, exactly. So it's kind of like a skill of not necessarily ignoring your RSD, but like just sitting with it and saying, okay, this is how I feel. This is why it's logical. And I'm just going to let it slowly fade away. Yeah. So you can't yeah. ignore it. It's almost always there. Yeah. Yeah. But it's hard to do that, right? In that moment. Mm. In that moment, it, I mean, there's almost no point. You've just got to go, yeah. okay, I feel bad. I'm going to just wait. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you can't, like, I, I can't just move on sometimes. And I, and I think sometimes that's why I, I do stuff. Like I, I keep myself busy. So I don't think about, you know, things. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think a really big part of RSD isn't just the rejection sensitivity you feel around other people. It's also the stuff that you feel when you go through your memories and like think back to things that have happened recently. Like often if I'm walking the dog, most of the time, like at least once every 10 minutes, I'll just visibly wince like this for no reason other than the fact that I've remembered something. And like the RSD is so strong, sometimes at its strongest when you are alone, yeah. just because you're stuck in your own head with your memories. Yeah, yeah. And and it's um and I think that is so sometimes you're alone and you get these feelings of anxiety or you withdraw. Mm. But I sometimes will be in like in a group situation and then that can happen as well. <clears throat> and then I'll just yeah. suddenly because like other people are talking and da da and then I'll make a jump from one thing to the other and then suddenly I'll just become like really anxious or annoyed or or a bit moody and it's like you know it's got nothing to do with the people around me Mm. at all but then that's how I come across um because you've just suddenly as you say just thought of something right um and and I think that really affects you know it it almost goes hand in hand with that low self-esteem right because you're constantly thinking I'm just rubbish I'm just not 
not good enough, even though, you know, you can see that, hey, you've got 10 out of 10 for your spelling test. And you're like, oh, but my handwriting wasn't great on that one. You know, it's just. Um, yeah, it's the really high standards that come with RSD. Like um, they're never fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, I mean, I find also with RSD is I used to, especially when I was younger, um, come to these conclusions, erupt, say these things, almost like, you know, accuse people of stuff and then find it really hard to apologize. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So I don't know if you've ever, you know, you convince yourself of something, especially when there's more than just you involved. So you and one other. So if there are like three or four people involved, mm. you then, you know, might think one thing of one person or there's this injustice that something happened to your fourth friend and then you get really annoyed with friends two and three and then you are impulsive and you speak out about it and but that's just my my one is like I am so scared that I'll just I, I don't form negative opinions of people it's a real issue like it takes a lot for me to dislike somebody because I'm just scared of being rejected by them and I'll only not worry about that if I genuinely just think they're mean Right. Right. Yeah. Which obviously is a barrier to being able to express how I feel and is slowly getting better. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite a big one, isn't it? It's, um, Oh yeah. Like I remember reading, I think it was a third of, there was this magazine interview. It might've been attitude. Um, and they, um, interviewed, oh no, was it Grace Alderson? I can't remember, but they um, in interviewed a bunch of ADHD people. I think a third of them who were aware of RSD said it was the hardest trait in their life because it is oh. so taxing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it is. It's just um, it's so draining. It's you almost having two conversations at once, right? Oh, yeah. It's I physical. Mean, but you yeah. don't know there's one going on. It's no. always hidden. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other person doesn't know. It's going on you very much aware that you're oh, thinking yeah. you know am i doing this am i doing that da, 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 da. um so also i was just um reading about what causes rsd okay. and what they're saying is that um it's about your brain structure of your brain now we know that when they've done um like mris and scans of adhd brains they mm. do look very different right and so what they're saying is that the parts of the brain that respond and pro uh, process and respond to and manage those acts of rejection and failure emotional awareness and negative messages is called the amygdala and your oh, yeah. cortex right um and that is something that we always say you know um i always say oh engage that something <laughs> like, you know well, we know that like in teens, it's not developed for like a really long time because, and, and that's what causes kids or teens um, and many adults also to just suddenly like lose their tempers, right? And become mm. upset. Um, mm. And the idea is that they develop as you get older and you can rein in the feelings, you can, you know, reason things out. Um, but what they're thinking is that that part of the brain for people with ADHD isn't as um well developed the signals don't get relayed as well um okay. and so that plays a part but also just your genetics you know and they believe that it's um 
ADHD is, is linked with RSD and it, it runs in families. Um, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Um, so I think that's also interesting because then you have a whole family <laughs> of people who are all second guessing themselves. Um, yeah. And it, that can seriously mess up like um, family dynamics. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So I think that's also also very interesting. Um, what do you think about the idea that if you have RSD, you start to like you anticipate rejection, like you almost make things happen so that you end up getting rejected? Ah, uh, yes, um, that can happen quite a lot, and it's kind of maybe less um, intense form. It can be. Um, not getting close enough to people in the first place or holding them far away to avoid that rejection sensitivity. And in both cases, whether you're kind of like preemptively abandoning them or not getting close enough to it in the first place, um, you're not, you're going to be scared of rejection and you're, you're going to let that fear kind of override the potential draw you would get. Yeah. And, and, and that then I think just from reading is often misdiagnosed or yeah, misdiagnosed as a social phobia. That makes sense. You, you have this anticipatory fear. You know how sometimes the, the anticipation of a task is much worse than the task itself? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have this intense anticipatory fear that you're going to embarrass yourself or humiliate yourself or you're going to be, like, really scrutinized. And and so then you just go, actually, I'm just not going to go out. Mm, yeah. I'm going to stay at home because that's just easier. Um, and. Yeah, so I think it's, you know, when you think about people, they say that actually it just, you can, it, it's like a pain because it's just, you just feel awful. You just feel, yeah, overwhelmed, overwhelmed, I guess, by that perceived or real kind of loss or threat of, you know, being disapproved of or yeah. rejected or not respected even, you know. Mm. Um, certainly having um your wishes not respected or your emotions yeah 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 um so what do you think like what advice would you give then to somebody dealing with that um i mean i have to say for me it's i mean i've i i say this often but medication for me has been has been life-changing um and it just gives me a bit of clarity. Okay. Um, yeah. So it. Um, so I'm on a stimulant medication, um, and so what it does that it then stimulates these certain um, like chemical transmitters, neurotransmitters. That's the word. Um, and it's then going to help. It, it, I feel it helps my brain to just process the messages. Oh, okay. And that has helped me improve my communication skills. So there are some people who I feel really safe with who I can say, um, so I was out with my best friend at Hampton Court Palace and something had happened where well, I had told her a story and I then just did this whole escalation thing and then just felt really odd. And I, but I felt comfortable enough to say to her, Oh my god! I'm just so annoyed right now. I don't know why, mm. you know, because I I wasn't sure if if it was why I was feeling suddenly just all like tetchy and stuff. Um, 
but it's given me those communication skills to do that rather than just go off in my world and my little spiral. Yeah. Um, I think speaking to people is super, super helpful and just finding people that you really trust and speaking to them about it openly. And something else also is, is that whole idea of, okay, but is this realistic? Will I yeah. really get deported from somewhere I've lived for 22 years because of, can't even remember what it was because I think this is going to happen. You know, it's, it's, it's taking a moment to just go, okay, how likely is this from mm. a cognitive point and making that cognitive connection and kind of go, okay, is this real? And I'm not saying to do like CBT, but I think just in your head, it just go, okay, is that really going to happen? Why do I think it's really going to happen? In the past, when I have turned up late to a session with Archie, he hasn't said, I'll never speak to you again. So it's going to happen again. Do you know what did I mean? You, did you worry about that? No, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I think a big part of it is like, if somebody messaged me and says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a bit late, I'll go, oh, okay. And that's about the end of it because I'm, I'm not too fussed. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's difficult to accept it, but I think a really big part of getting through RSD is recognizing that for a lot of neurodivergent people, it's normal to feel this way. You yeah. aren't like the only person. It isn't weird. It isn't like you're a bad person. Yeah. Um, I think adjusting your standards to recognizing that, hey, we all have it. It really sucks, but you're not doing a bad job. I think that's an important part yeah. of getting through it. Yeah, of just knowing that you're not alone. Yeah. Um, something I've learned from you, and I know we've not had many conversations, is so I was talking about that communication skills and something you do really well is, and I'm not saying that there's been any moments of, of RSD, but I just realized you really think like you don't just immediately say something, like you really think about stuff before you talk. And I think that's, that's a good habit to get into, right? Is to say, okay, someone said something. I'm not just going to immediately blurt out, oh, so you hate me, or even think, oh, so you hate me. I'm going to wait and just see where it goes. Yeah. Jumping to that conclusion again, which is a learned skill, right? I used to blurt out a lot. And when I'm comfortable, I still do. And that can be very funny. Yeah. Um, but it used to be that I would just react extremely emotionally. Yeah. And I, then started trying to downplay my emotions and now I try and do both where I yeah. like have my emotions and have a thought and go okay which should I listen to yeah it doesn't yeah. always work and my sister <laughs> my sister recently said you speak like a robot why do you do that and it's because I'm always thinking about okay how can I like maximize the efficiency of my answer or something like that yeah um yeah um, but slowing down helps yeah which is difficult being ADHD yeah oh it's so difficult and I think it's Slowing down just in general, I think, is so important, right? Just to know that you are, and I, I guess it kind of goes with that self-esteem of knowing that you are, are good enough. Yeah. And that you are comfortable with who you are. But that also is, you know, it, it's, it's a journey, right? It's this process. And, yeah, and, and slowing down is... Um, I think is super important. Yeah. So 
what else can we say? So I guess there's cognitive strategies. Medication if you've got it. Yeah, and if it works for you, it doesn't work for everyone. Yeah, it needs, it's like a real trial and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess, um, yeah, slowing down and, yeah, believing in yourself. Just, you know, doing some mindfulness. Oh, God, I can't stand that word. Doesn't have to. I hate it as well. I have done three meditation classes and... Oh. Well, I fell asleep in yesterday's one several times. <laughs> Work myself snoring. So I was like, <laughs> oh, man. I mean, that's the goal, right? Just she no said brain this activity. type of, um, of meditation, I, I need to remember what the name was called, but um, an hour of that is equivalent to 45 hours of deep sleep. And that just blew my mind. Like if you can get into that state of meditation, and I was just like, but I can tell you. Like, really? That can't be true. I will find out the name of it. Obviously, I've forgotten it because I just got stuck on this thing about how much, like it can it can have the same effects on your body as having that amount deep sleep. Damn. Unless she said four to five hours, but I'm pretty sure she did. <laughs> yeah, Forty-five hours. That's a big difference. <laughs> now I'm thinking. Da, 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 da. I mean, if it's forty-five hours and. Damn, that is impressive. Um, um, <laughs> uh, maybe she did say four to five, but still, hmm. an hour for four to five. I'm going to be researching. It's not bad. It's not bad. I'm going to be like embarrassed about this for ages, but it's okay. We make mistakes, and I'm amongst friends, so um, there the is recording that everyone's going to hear. <laughs> it's a very niche thing, but if anyone's listening to this and thinking about med- um, meditation as an ADHD, uh, there's a YouTube channel called Elliot Sang, and he is an ADHD person who is very like aware of Buddhism and meditation. Okay. Uh, and so if somebody was looking to get some advice on meditation. Sang as in he sang. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, if, if you, if anyone listening wanted some. Oh, cool. Yeah. Directed advice on like meditation through neurodivergence, so that would be a good place to start. Yeah. So if you guys want to look that up, if you just. Go to YouTube and type in Elliot, E-L-L-I-O-T, space Sang, S-A-N-G. That's really useful for me to know as well, because I've, I like used to hate the word mindfulness. It has like, some bad connotations now. Yeah, but I, think, but I think doing things like um, just being still, it doesn't have to be I'm thinking about something, you know, because she like, she said, and I was telling my friend, she said in the thing, just clear your mind. And all I could think <laughs> of was this one specific problem that I'm having with a client and um, and her dad mowing the lawn. And that's all I could think about. And she's like, clear your mind. And I'm like, hello, do you want to try and come in here and clear this? Because it's mm. just, you know, um, <clears throat> but for the actual meditation bit, because that was the yoga bit, but for the actual meditation bit, I mean, those 15 minutes, I, I did actually feel like I had slept for like an hour. I woke up and I was like, oh, man, that was just amazing. And, hmm. yeah, so I think that was called Yoga Nidra. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so we can look that up as well. So, yeah, not 45 hours, people, four to five hours. <laughs> <laughs> ADHD, hello. Um, <laughs> And I was in a really deep state of restfulness, you know, so mm. anything could have happened. Um, but yeah, um, is there anything else you'd like to say on RSD, Archie? 
nothing that we haven't said yeah cool okay well um thank you for that and um yeah look forward to chatting to you shortly cool i'll see you later okay bye